Well, today, hopefully, as you came in, you would have got one of these little bracelets. Um, hopefully, they haven't fallen apart already. I had to make one size that fits all, so if you've got a particularly small hand, I know you might lose it easily. But please hold on to that. You'll understand soon enough. And if you are joining us today, because I'm aware we have St. Mary's with us today, uh, we have been working through the book of Acts, and here we are at the end of it. Acts 28, verse 17, we are finishing the book today, so you have come on a great day. Um, Hopefully, it won't be confusing, Um, but Acts 28, verse 17, let me read it to you. Three days later, Paul called together the local Jewish leaders. When they had assembled, Paul said to them, my brothers, Although I have done nothing against our people or against the customs of our ancestors, I was arrested in Jerusalem and handed over to the Romans. They examined me and wanted to release me because I was not guilty of any crime deserving death. The Jews objected, so I was compelled to make an appeal to Caesar. I certainly did not intend to bring any charge against my own people. For this reason I have asked to see you and talk with you. It is because of the hope of Israel that I am bound with this chain. They replied, We have not received any letters from Judea concerning you, and none of our people who have come from there has reported or said anything bad against you. But we want to hear what your views are, for we know that people everywhere are talking about this sect. They arranged to meet Paul on a certain day and came in even larger numbers to the place where he was staying. He witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God and from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Some were convinced by what he said, but others would not believe. They disagreed among themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your ancestors when he said through the prophet, through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Therefore, I want you to know that God's salvation has been sent to the Gentiles, and they will listen. For two whole years, Paul stayed there in his own rented house and welcomed all who came to see him. He proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. This is God's word to us. 18 plus thousand words. That's quite a few words. And I see your faces. That's not the length of my sermon today. That is the length of the book of Acts. It is over 18,000 words, and yet here we have come to the end of it. It ends with this story, this account. And I think if you had written that many words, uh, you'd want to end well, wouldn't you? You'd want to end strongly. You'd want to finish on an important point, wouldn't you? 
And on one hand, we might hear this account today and be left wanting. Uh, We might have a question or two, or perhaps it is just me. But certainly, I would like to know what happened to Paul in Rome, wouldn't you? What happened to the early church there? And the thing is, I might raise that question, but I can't answer it, actually. We're not with full confidence. Church history says that Paul was likely, likely, released at the end of his two years or thereabouts in Rome. This is around 62 to 64 AD. And we know that Paul wanted to go to Spain, uh, not for a holiday. He wanted to carry on his ministry there. So he might have gone there. Either way, it seems that he ended up back in Rome again, where he was arrested and this time executed. That's what church history tells us, with a few good guesses thrown in for measure. We don't know for sure. But we shouldn't get caught up on these questions and miss the point that Luke, the author of Acts, does give us. The Bible is God's word to us, and it doesn't tell us everything we want to know. In fact, it doesn't tell us many things we want to know, but it does tell us what we need to know. And that difference is really important, and it's true here. Let us not miss the culmination of 18 plus thousand words. God is telling us what we need to know here, and it is a strong ending. And it links all the way back to the start of the book. Back in Acts chapter 1, the disciples asked the risen Jesus if he was going to bring God's kingdom here and now. Was he going to launch God's finished reign on earth right now? They wanted to know, is this it? Is it right now? And Jesus said to them, it wasn't for them to know, actually, when God's kingdom would come in its fullness. Instead, their mission was to go in the power of the Holy Spirit and be his witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and indeed to the ends of the earth. And that, that is what we have seen in the book of Acts the unfolding of that. We have seen this mission of Jesus continue in the power of the Holy Spirit, that Jesus took this small group of scared disciples, empowered them with the Holy Spirit, and they spread. They spread, and despite a lot of opposition, they grew to become the church of Jesus Christ that exists to this day and which we are part of today. That's amazing. That's where we came from. And it's here at the end of the book of Acts, Luke gives us a picture of one, one of those key disciples of Jesus. Paul wasn't actually there on that day when the commission was given, but he joined them a little later on. And there's no miracles in this passage that we read today. Instead, we are given Paul's example of witnessing. And this is what God gives us to end with. Paul is in Rome, the city of Rome, and Rome is many things, but it's not the ends of the earth, actually. If anything, Paul was the center of the world at this time. It was the seat of the greatest power on earth, the Roman Empire. And here Paul is, and what is he doing? He's witnessing to Jesus. He is carrying on the mission of Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit, and we are meant to see this and to take it to heart. And if you like things broken down for you, I've got three points, three easy points. Paul is an example to us of what our witness contains, what our subject matter, our focus, our content is. 
Secondly, Paul is an example of the mindset or attitude we need to have as witnesses of Jesus, and I'm going to spend most of my time on that one. And lastly, Paul tells us or shows us why we witness. He tells us what our motivation is, what our stimulus for keeping going, because at times it's hard to keep going. It is. In the face of opposition and rejection, it is hard to keep going. But let's get into it. And the first two points, what our, our wit, the content of our witness and, uh, oh gosh, I've forgotten that already, and our mindset, they're actually found in the final verse, the very final verse of the book of Acts. Verse 31, Luke tells us that Paul proclaimed the kingdom of God and taught about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now that's not an actual finishing point. It's not as if Luke's pen or quill or whatever he's using ran out of ink there. He's finishing on this verse intentionally. Now this is an example and a testimony to us all. Our content, the good news we have to share is that God's kingdom is open. It hasn't come fully yet, but it has started to come and importantly it is open to anyone and that it can be entered by anyone because of Jesus. This is what we proclaim. This is what we teach. And I'm going to be incredibly quick about this point because, well, actually, all the rest of Acts before this has sort of shown us this again and again and again. But Luke makes this clear by repeating this earlier in the same story today. In verse 23, Luke told us or showed us that Paul witnessed to them from morning till evening, explaining about the kingdom of God And from the law of Moses and from the prophets, he tried to persuade them about Jesus. Exact same thing. The Bible is key for understanding Jesus and why he came and died. We should know how it helps us understand Jesus. But the main point here is that Paul shows the content of our witness. This is what our witness to others, our witness to the world should contain. And we need to explain it. We will try and be persuasive. We need to proclaim it. And we need to teach it. And I could use a lot of other words there as well, a lot of other action words. But the point is that all of these actions of explaining and persuading and proclaiming and teaching, they are our witness. Maybe you will do more one at one time and another at another time. The point is we do them. So before anything else, before anything else, do we know the content of our witness? What we are trying to get across to people. God's kingdom has come and is coming. And it's open. God's kingdom is open. It is available to people to enter. And this is incredible. But they must come humbly. They must come humbly relying on Jesus. This was Paul's witness. It has been the church's witness across the centuries, and it is our witness today. This is the content of our witness. Our second point is the mindset we have when we witness. And this is really important. I'm not minimizing the content, but as I said, all of Acts has been repeating this to us again and again and again. And this is what our bracelet, though, reminds us of today, because this final story of Acts spends a lot of time on this point, on our mindset. 
It doesn't just tell us that Paul witnessed boldly and without hindrance. It shows us what this looks like as well. And think about Paul's situation here. He is in Rome. He is falsely accused by his own people. He has been beaten up. He has been lied about. He has lived with chains or in in imprisonment for multiple years. He has people who want to kill him to shut him up. And what does Paul do? He just keeps speaking. He just keeps on witnessing. He keeps sharing with anyone and everyone who will listen that God's kingdom is open to them and that Jesus is the way in. I mean, isn't that sort of hilarious? Here's the situation. People are trying to kill him and he just carries on and keeps talking to more and more and more people. Paul might be the one in chains, but he is now witnessing in the center of power to the powers. And if we know the story leading Paul to Rome, then we know Paul has witnessed to everyone along the way, including the people who are going to judge him. Paul would write about this time in his letter to the Philippians saying, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. But do we have that confidence? This humble assurance that the best news in the world is the news of salvation. Do we have the certainty that we, we, you and I, are sent with this news? That this news is so great that as great as it would be today if all of Australia was rained on, and that would be great news, that actually the news you have to share with your neighbours is actually even greater news. Greater. Do we know it? Do we act like it? Paul was in chains. He was a prisoner on house arrest, admittedly. But he was, de- he was bold, wasn't he? He wasn't restrained. He was talking to everyone about God and God's kingdom and that Jesus was the way in. He was not hindered. And you know, all of us, all of us have restraints in our life. You have limits on your life. Maybe not chains like Paul or tubes like Clear, but all of us have limits. We do. But what are we doing with God's word? What are we doing with the gospel? Are we bold with it? It's not so much a question of, is something hindering us? It's whether we're hindering it. And we are called to get it out there. And yes, we do this with hospitality and kindness. Paul invited people around to his home, into his home. He had other reasons as well. He didn't have a great deal of freedom, did he? But he still invited people. He called them to come and to hear. But will we dare to do that? Will we call to people? Will we invite them into our homes and dare to speak? Will we, will we remember that whatever our jobs, Jesus' commission to us 
is that we are his witnesses. We are, all of us. In our homes, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our clubs, we are his witnesses there. He taught us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is our prayer. But is it also our mission as we invite people into it? Do we only pray it? We should pray it. But do we only pray it? Or do we work for it as well? Will we be bold and daring? Paul, Paul got to witness in Rome, the center of the world at that time. Do you know where he never got to go to? The ends of the world. Well, certainly not as far away as we are. He didn't have to. But here we are. We are in Waipak for a reason. We are in Central Hawke's Bay for a reason. We are his witnesses. We are here to proclaim his goodness, to see his kingdom come in people's lives while there is still time. Because this is the time we have. This is it. Not another time. And this leads us to the motivation for our witness. How are we to keep going? Why don't we give up? And here Paul is another example to us. Now Paul, let's keep in mind, was witnessing to a specific audience in our passage. He was witnessing to the Jewish leaders in Rome. And I mention this because, I don't know about you, I don't witness to too many Jewish leaders. It's just not where God has got me. But these Jewish leaders, they were like prepared ground. It had already been plowed up. They had some knowledge of the kingdom of God. They were ready, ready to hear about Jesus. But the people in the hearts that we meet today are often not like that. They might know Jesus as a name, as a swear word, but little else. We speak to different people. Well, Paul finishes his appeal to these Jewish leaders with a quote from Isaiah 6. And this quote might sound pessimistic or unhopeful to us when it says things like, you will be ever hearing but never understanding. That's maybe not the most encouraging comment to end on, is it, from Paul? What was he doing there? But this is a quote from God. It is a quote that also speaks of God's desire to heal them, but they won't respond It's a quote that speaks of God's desire to heal these people and he's calling to them, but they just won't answer. Some will heal, hear and believe, but others won't. But Paul doesn't finish there. Paul says that God's salvation is for the Gentiles as well and they will listen. Paul has confidence that despite not having the history or the background that these Jewish leaders had, that some Gentiles would hear and believe. And he had good confidence for that. He'd been to many Gentiles and seen it borne out. And Paul was right, wasn't he? Ever since this time, since Paul was in Rome, it has been messy, messy getting the good news out. It has cost people their lives, but people with no knowledge of God have heard and believed. While some Jews have excluded themselves from God's kingdom, many Gentiles have come in. 
you realize the Roman Empire is gone. It's gone. But the kingdom of God is in fact growing and growing. I knew a guy at a previous church called Ron. I knew him after these events, but Ron's background was one of gang life. He was a big man and he was a hard man. Uh, He did many things he shouldn't have done. And the consequences of those things caught up with him, actually. When the police would pull Ron over in his car, before going up to his car, they would call for extra cars to come and back them up. This is who he was. They knew him well. But Ron had a neighbor who was a Christian, and over time, Ron heard about Jesus. He was even given a Bible which amazingly he did actually read. And a point came in Ron's life when he believed this Gentile sinner who knew nothing about Jerusalem, he knew nothing about Abraham or Isaac or Jacob. He was hard ground and he was here at the ends of the earth and he heard and he believed and he entered God's kingdom and you don't know him, but he is your brother in Christ and you can meet him one day. Not everyone will believe, but some will. Some will listen. Including those with no history, no connection, no knowledge. The kingdom is open to them. But do we, do we believe it? Do we believe that despite the rejection we face from some people, and we will, that some will listen and live Because we need this this assurance. We need this encouragement to keep going. We need to know that while we are called to witness to God, that God is working too, calling people to himself, bringing people in from the highways and the byways because he wants his kingdom full. He wants it full. He doesn't care about their background or clothes. He cares that they come. And so Acts, it ends without a conclusion. It ends without a conclusion because God's kingdom has not come fully yet. It's still been filled up. This is the time. This is the time for us to make God's offer. God's good news. God's son known to the world. This was Paul's witness and this is the witness we are called to make as well. Let's do it boldly and let's do it without hindrance and let's pray together. Almighty God, we stand before you as your people today, but there is a long history of people before us, people that you have redeemed for yourselves, you have redeemed us and we believe you are redeeming people still. You are calling people from near and far to yourself. And it is a wonder. We know this personally because it's true of us. But we we pray, Lord, that we would know your call upon our lives, that we are to be your witnesses in this world. We are to be your witnesses here in Central Hawks Bay and wherever you take us, we are called to make you known, Jesus, that that your kingdom is open and you are the way in. And what great news, what wonderful news this is. Yes, Lord, I pray that we will have the content 
of our good news right. We will have the content of our message right, the content of our witness right. But I feel, Lord, what we really struggle with, what we really struggle with is our boldness. We know the truth. We know the good news because it's true for us. But do we make it known to others? Do we believe that they can believe as well? Do we believe that despite the hindrances, but despite everything that might be against them, and despite the hardness of their hearts, that they might listen and live? Will we be bold? Will we be the one who will be unhindered, who will be free before you to make you known that whatever restrictions there are in our lives, whatever limits, that we will speak up, we will declare who you are and make you known. Oh Lord, we want to be a city on a hill. We want to be a light to this world because at times it feels pretty dark, but I pray that we will shine brightly. Not about our goodness, but about your goodness to us, that you have called us and you are calling others still. Lord, we long, long to see a harvest. We long to see your kingdom come. But this is the time to fill it up. This is the time to bring people in. And I pray wherever you have us this week, we are going to be out in this world, in the highways and the byways. We are going to be meeting people. May we call to them. May we invite them. Please give us wisdom about what we say and about what we don't say. Please give us sensitivity to where they are at and lead us by your Holy Spirit. You have given us your Spirit. Help us to listen and be obedient. I pray this. I pray this, O Lord, for us all, that we would see a great harvest here a great harvest that people would come. They would come from near and far and they they would live in you. I pray this for your glory. Amen.